Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Hey, it's Wednesday. Hump Wednesday. Day. It's the middle of the week. That's right. It's been a great week. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's, who's kicking this one off today? I don't even know. Psalm 15. Let's just go there. Okay, let's start with Psalm 15. I'm in the New American Standard today. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. We've just uh, been looking at Psalm 15 this week and thinking about what it means to dwell in the holy hill of the Lord. We have that association, so journeying with him. Uh, thinking about that wonderful desire that David has that we share as God's people. And then time yesterday, yeah. seeing how th- this profile is drawn up of what it looks like, these people that go to, to dwell with the Lord. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to almost interrupt you a minute ago. I was going to say we spent a good bit of time yesterday just talking about the person who qualifies as the welcome guest of the Lord. Now, I, I hate to interrupt, but just now, what, what translation did you just read? I just read from the New American Standard, New American Standard the American Standard. 1995 updated yeah, edition. Yeah, so I was I just catching again, you know, you get these little insights going from translation to translation. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that in verse two, he who walks in integrity. I think three different days we've read three different words there. It's um, interesting that you noticed that. Mm hmm. Because for me, one of the things that I am struggling with as I have studied this psalm to get ready for our conversations this week Mm -hmm. is how the writers and commentators and students and scholars handle that word. That particular one. That particular word. ESV said blameless. Yeah. The New King James, I believe, says uprightly. It was uprightly. And the New American Standard says with integrity. Integrity. And here's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. The fact is, everybody who comes across that word realizes, "Uh uh-oh, I've got a problem. Like linguistically? Definitionally. Definitionally. (laughs) Here is a word that at its very root means the idea of whole, Uh complete. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Blameless would mean without any blame. blame. We we come to this word and the very first thing that everybody says when they get here. Now, look, let's not let's not be too freaked out by this word. It obviously doesn't mean that we're supposed to be sinlessly perfect. And look, I admit this Ah. word is used to refer to Noah, who was blameless in his generations back in, what is that, Genesis chapter 6 and verse Mm 9. And so there is that. I get it. Noah wasn't sinlessly perfect. So, okay. However, the most common use of this word throughout the Old Testament is of the sacrifices that were supposed to be without blemish. Okay. Not, Not mostly without blemish. Yeah. But... Totally. Yeah, without blemish. Without blemish. None of, none of the lame, none of the blind, yeah. no spots. And so some tra- uh, some translators or some commentators will say, well, the, the, the root of this word really is the idea of whole. So probably the best translation is wholehearted. 
Mm. But here's the thing. I actually was teaching a class with some college students the other day on that beatitude where Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, mm-hmm. for they shall see God. They shall see God. And one of the questions we discussed was, what's the problem with saying this product is 95% pure? What's the problem what's, with what's saying that? What's the problem with saying that it's 95% pure? I mean, are you being honest about the product? I'm, I'm not sure I'm following what okay, you're... Okay, commercials. Okay. You see commercials, and uh-huh. commercials will say, our product is 95% pure. <laughs> What's the problem with saying my product is 95% pure? I guess the consumer's thinking, what is messed up with this other 5%? Yeah, there's what is uh, in this? 5% impure. I mean, it's, it's actually, unless it's 100% pure, mm-hmm. it's not pure. Yeah, I mean, if you I said right. if you said it's ninety nine point five percent pure, no, what you've actually said is it's impure. It's impure. Um, and so, okay, wholehearted. You know, this word just means wholehearted. Okay, but it doesn't mean ninety nine percent hearted. Wholehearted means every bit of my heart is dedicated to God. And if at any point part of my heart has gone away from God, mm-hmm. I'm not wholehearted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even walks uprightly. Uh, but what about those times when I'm not walking uprightly? I, you know, I don't get to say I walk uprightly if I'm only 95% walking uprightly. I don't get to say I'm walking with integrity, not in its truest sense, if it's only 98% integrity. Mm-hmm. The fact is, no matter how we interpret this word, the very first qualification should throw up a red flag. And I think we make a grave, grave mistake when we look at this psalm and the very first statement, what we try to do is water down to something that I think I either have done or can do if I try really, really hard. It reminds me of what people do when we get to the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus says, you need to be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, now he doesn't mean really perfect. He means complete. Okay, be complete like God is complete. Have you done that? Well, he means be whole. Okay, be whole like God is whole. Have you done that? I mean, I don't care how you, de- how you define this word. I haven't done it. So instead of reading this as a uh, picture of who we already are, that this is a picture of who we ought to be, need to be, to it's go a, dwell in. It's a picture of who we need to be. It's a picture of who we ought to be. But it's a picture of who we're not. Yeah. And in fact, the thing I want to say as I read this is, but wait a minute, I just read Psalm 14, mm-hmm. and Psalm 14 said, none of us are this thing. Mm-hmm. You remember what it said in Psalm 14? We talked about it. We, we, we loved on, on Monday of last week to highlight that fool who says in his heart, there is no God. But then on Tuesday, we recognized, wait a minute, what does he say next? They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. And by the way, if that wasn't enough, he repeats it again in verse 3. They've all turned aside. Together they've become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. I get it. These two psalms are literary units. They're all on their own, and we have to remember that. But, man, I just had one literary unit that says nobody is good. Nobody has done what is right. Everybody has turned to corruption. And then my next psalm says, if you want to dwell with the Lord, you're not allowed to turn to corruption. Do you think part of that is also the starting point of the heart? As we were talking about the other day, you've got in Psalm 14 the fool who says, in his heart there is no God, and wow, there is just this abandonment of God and holy things. Whereas here in Psalm 15, 
this one that is seeking to dwell in the holy hill of the Lord, here's a heart that's going to speak truth. It, I mean, a, a desire and what we want, where we are with God, is is going to be a big leading indicator on the path we choose. There may be some of that. But at the same time, I think as we're looking at Psalm 15, I, I'm seeing this description of if you want to live on my hill, here's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to be. And I think I'm really supposed to be honest and say, all right, Psalm 15 is a mirror and I can't even see myself in it. I'm not there. I, I'm not that person. I haven't been that person. And I'm going to work really, really, really hard to be that person, but I've already blown it. I think about the fact that this is attributed to David. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. don't know, I don't know when he wrote this psalm, whether he wrote it early in his life or late in his life. But, you know, the day after he got the report of Uriah's death, I wonder what he thought about this psalm then. Mm. Yeah, where he's violated many of these. Yes, absolutely. And... I think there's a part of us. Now, don't please, please, Andrew, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to suggest that these qualifications don't matter. I'm not trying to suggest that in my life or in your life, hey, I haven't met them, so forget them, quit trying. I'm not trying to suggest that at all. But I am saying there ought to be something in this psalm that rather than watering it down so that I can claim that I meet it, I need to back up and just be honest and say, that very first one, I haven't met that one. And the reality is there's some other ones that I've hopelessly failed at. I can say for myself per- personally, one that really, really hits me is where it talks about swears to his own hurt and doesn't change. Yeah, I remember one time. I remember one time in my life I had made an agreement with someone. They were moving. They were selling off all the stuff in their house because they were going to buy an RV and go travel. And this is when Marita and I were essentially newly married. We were in our first house. And boy, we were going to get a lot of furniture for very little money. But we had agreed with them, no, no, you can keep it until right before you move. And we'll come back and we'll pay you then. We went back to go get it. And they said, I'm really sorry. But we have, we made a deal with an auction company. And they wouldn't take it unless they got to keep all of this stuff. And so we're not going to sell this to you. I was livid. I was Mm -hmm. so angry. And, you know, they said, we never do this. We never do this. And I wanted to say, are you kidding me? You've done it now. Yeah. But then one day, as I was all upset about that, I remembered, oh, wait a minute. I did a yard sale one time where somebody came by, saw something they wanted. They offered me some money. And I said, sure. But they didn't have the money. I'll be back at a time. Somebody came later and offered more money, and I sold it to them. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was that moment when all of a sudden I realized, oh, this thing I'm really mad at these people, I've done this. I swore to my own hurt, but I changed. I failed at this. Mm-hmm. All right, where am I? I'm not qualified to dwell on God's holy hill. Did those people come back? The people did come back. I bet that was awkward. It was very awkward. <laughs> it was very awkward. And, and you know, I, I it's... It, and you can tell, I mean, that may seem like kind of a small thing. This was like 20 years ago. It has stuck with me Still because, I, because I realized, man, I have sinned. This is a sin. This is a big, big deal. Now, I wasn't tying it to Psalm 15, but when I read Psalm 15, that moment comes up to my mind. I don't qualify yeah. to live on God's holy hill. I don't qualify to dwell with God. And I'll tell you what, what puts in my mind is when I read these commentaries and I read what we do as we try to, well, may, you know, maybe it's just trying really hard. Maybe it's, 
I, t- I tell you what, I, in my own mind, I imagine that fellow we call the rich young ruler coming up to Jesus mm-hmm. and saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus yeah. says, hey, you need to keep the commandments. And the, like, and the ruler's like, awesome, I've done that. That's what I do. That's who I am. But then Jesus basically gives him a response that says, mm, are you sure? Let mm-hmm. me, let's cut right to the chase here. Let me drill down to a place. Because, because Jesus' answer honestly was, no, no, you're not living by the first commandment. You have a God mm-hmm. other than Yahweh. Yeah. You haven't done this. But what I like to do is read the commands in a way that I can pretend I've kept them. Yeah. I want to make sure that we don't read Psalm 15 in a way that any of us can pretend. You know what? If I'm going to walk up to God's house and I'm going to say, let me in, and he's going to give me this list that I'm actually going to be able to say, yeah, I've done that. Let me in. I don't want to read this and take away from God's holiness. Obviously, that's the mistaken thing to do. I will say that this this psalm, unlike several we've read, uh, on the whole is is very upbeat and positive. And, uh, and ends in a good place with an assurance. He who does these things shall never be moved. And so that encourages me, that inspires me to want to do these things. Absolutely. And it should. I don't want to deny that. But I would like us maybe for the next 24 hours to just sit in the place. I, I think we're going to end in a hopeful note on Friday. I would like for us to spend the next 24 hours sitting in this place of, uh-oh, I don't qualify. And maybe even allow that to sadden us. And I would just remind us that's okay. Because even Jesus himself said, blessed are the poor in spirit. The ones who realize how stricken and impoverished we are spiritually. Because he said, those are the ones that get the kingdom of heaven. And then he also said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I think we're going to be comforted by the end of the psalm. But today, I kind of want to end with with just kind of making us live in this moment of, all right, Here's these qualifications. I don't measure up. Yes, I want to. I want to be the person who's not going to be moved. But right now, that's not that's not the person I've been. I do think we're going to get to a place of hope. I know I'm like you. I hate to leave one episode hanging there, but I guess I'm going to. You can go ahead and make a comment, though, if you want. Well, hey, tell us what you think about this episode. <laughs> Send us an email at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Sounds like Friday is the one you'll want to listen to again. Andrew's all like, nobody's so, ever going to listen again. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll hit you back on Friday. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We're going to end with a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for your word, which absolutely is a sharp and living sword. It pierces even to the intent of our hearts. God, it is a mirror where we can see who we are accurately in your sight. Uh, Father, we pray that as we look at this teaching in Psalm 15, we see who we want to be and and who we ought to be. And, And Father, we can see where we fall short. We thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy that you've given us this moment in Jesus Christ who gives us hope. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.
Bueno.